The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. Benfica Nation, welcome to another brand new episode of Mr. Benfica. The international break is over and I'm back. I'm the Mr. Mike Agustinho. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Agustinho. That's at M-I-K-E-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-H-O. And follow the show on Twitter as well at Benfica Mr. And of course, follow the PTB Media Network on Instagram and on Twitter at PTB underscore media. Now that that is out of the way, we can get rolling. It, uh, like I said, the international break is over. I ain't mad that uh, João Mario and Gonzalo Ramos were arrested by the for the most part by Roberto Martinez. That's good with me. Uh, we need them to be at their best here as we enter the final stages of this 2022-2023 season. We've got huge matches coming up, and I'm I'm it's I don't think it will. How do I put this? I think that um, João Mario should have played, but I'm glad he didn't selfishly. Um, and I'm fine with with Gonzalo Ramos getting substitute minutes right now at this stage so we can have them at 100% going forward. Uh, there's a lot of talk of that. But um, in the end, you know, I, I'm focused on Befica, and that is where my priorities are, especially this late in the season. This is, of all the international windows, this one's my least favorite. Uh, last year was a little different because you had World Cup qualifying playoffs, so it was a little, it was important, and it meant something, but... You know, th- this is just a unneeded break in momentum for Benfica once again. It just seems like these international breaks continue to come at a bad time for Benfica. But, uh, hey, here we go. We're going to Riwav this weekend, Sunday. Okay, it's a 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoff here in the United States, making it 6 p.m. Uh, Portuguese Standard Time kickoff. This is going to be in... in uh, Vila do Conde, and uh, in a state, what is this, Stadio dos Arcos, I believe it's called, and um, most of the stadium was knocked down, so uh, I have no idea um, how much the capacity is now, because when you watch it, it, it on Sunday, you will see that the far side 
stand no longer exists. And the president of Hiwab said there's no plans right now to rebuild it, which is ridiculous. This is a first division. Once again, we want to talk about this league and people, people slow down when you get all bent up about the European coefficient. This league is nowhere near the top six in Europe. Okay, it's mis, it's misconstrued. It's it's inflated because Benfica, Porto, and Sporting do way more than their share to keep this league, you know, near the top. Okay, Benfica, Porto, and Sporting and Braga are. Clubs that could play in the top six, that that could win, you know, that could compete in the top six. The rest of this league is in the bottom ten. Of, uh, I mean, this this league after Vitoria Guimarães is just a, it's a second division at best. So, one more great example of that is is Hiwav, uh, and their joke of a stadium and uh, their financial situation. Speaking of which, before we get into it, let's talk financial situations for a moment, right? We talked in the past about. We talked about the fusion coming up, the merger between Bisad and Cova the Piedad, while another one's being rumored. It was on, then it's off, and now it makes no sense. But the second place team, um, Villa Franquense, okay, they have no stadium. Their stadium can't be used, whatever. They have no fans because they play an hour away in Rio Mayor. They literally are a team without a club. They have a name, and now it sounds like next year. Because Rio Mayor isn't far enough away from Vila Franca de Chira, they're gonna they're gonna travel to Vila das Aves. Let that set in for a minute. They're gonna go all the way up north. This this is ridiculous. They're gonna play their games at the home of the former Sportivo das Aves, who's currently playing in the bottom, you know, local leagues. They're back in their local FA league. They're not even in the national picture. And there were rumors that they were going to merge and that uh, Vila Franquense were going to become Sportivo das Aves and Sportivo das Aves were going to, you know, bypass the five divisions that sit between them and the Portuguese second division. Um, potentially the first division if Vila Franquense can go on a winning streak and a, a number of other results go their way. An absolute, only in Portugal, only in this league, you have such incompetent business people at the front of these teams, and then they want to come. and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on this one more time because this is just ridiculous. They want to come and centralize TV and ticket receipts so that Befica, Porto, Sporting, and Braga and Vitória Guimarães are paying everybody's bills. Nah, 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 homie, don't play that. This needs to be fought. In an event of a centralization of rights, there has to be a lot of concessions made by all these teams. They got to start allowing... First thing they got to do is get rid of, of discrimination of fans in the stadium. Whoever buys a ticket wears whatever the hell they want to wear to the match. They got to provide ample security because they're going to get their cut of the TV rights now. So you're going to use you got to put that back in and you've got to get security in these stadiums and you got to build these stupid stadiums so that they're presentable to the rest of the world. It's going to look like it did. Listen, I'm grateful to Hiwav for taking points from Porto earlier this season, but it looked ridiculous. It looked like they were playing in the woods. The, the the fans are on the same side as the camera. That's the first thing that is is, you know, Portuguese production at its best. Well done, Naj. 
Hold on, Sport TV. Okay, you can't put a tower on the other side so that you put a camera and you can see a crowd. No, no, you're going to show us the woods instead. Well done. Well done. You know, again, we're going to centralize TV rights when these guys can't even produce a damn football match. And now we got this Vila Franquense, you know, supposed fusion with with Sportiv de Zavsh. Uh, more details will come out, I'm sure, as the season goes on. But, uh... How many teams are going to go out of business this year? How many sods are going to collapse? Do 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 we really need to name off the list of teams? B sod can, can you can add to that list? They're going to become cover the piedad sod, and where are they going to be in five years? We'll wait and see. Okay. Remember Naval Primeiro de Mayo? Where did they go? Beta Mar. Oyanes relegated to the out of the fourth division. Relegated to. The the Algarve FA top division next season. Oyanes, who less than a decade ago were in the first division. How's that sad working out for them? How's that foreign investment working out for them? Estrela Amadora went down in his back. They merged with Sintra Football and they're back in the second division. Fatima, gone. These are just names coming up. Camp Mayores, gone. I mean, the, the the names just keep on, on coming, and it's just, how many teams are going to go under? How many bad business decisions are these clubs going to make? And then why does, I'm going to call it for, for simplicity's sake, why does the Big Five have to bail these, these incompetent direções, these incompetent sods out? That's what centralization is going to do. It's going to keep bailing them out. The reason things are uneven is also is not just due to it's not just due to the big five for the sake of simplicity. It's more so Benfica and then Porto and Sporting. But I'm gonna include Vitoria and I'm gonna include Braga in this because they are sustainable. Vizela for a small club is sustainable. And then you run out at that point. You run out. And the disparity in in their finances is also is not just due to the support that these clubs have. It also comes down to the bad business decisions being made by clubs up and down this country. Clubs invest heavy. Listen, I I do the Liga Trish English, you know, uh, which will be returning after this weekend when when the when the league kicks off again this weekend for the second stage. Okay, the money spent in that league is insane. These clubs with a very short, a very small chance of getting promoted to the second league, to the second division, are putting in money. Union Ladia goes and gets Pavilovitz, whatever his name is, the goalkeeper who was at Hiwav just a couple seasons ago. They go get Jordan Vandergag, who was in our youth program. They go spend money for for former first division players. They put it all in one season, and then they lose a penalty shootout in May, and they don't get promoted. It comes down to that. And now how are they going to pay their bills next season? They've, they've put it all in the promotion to get Liga money. And, of course, if you centralize the TV rights, that's going to all, all trickle down to the second division. At least it should if that's what they're going to do. Which, again, does that mean Benfica pays twice because we have Benfica and Benfica B? Does that mean we have two two uh, bills to, to the centralization police? Speaking of centralization, it's another club that always talks about centralismo, not us. And now it's funny. They they accuse us of that, right? The centralism of the capital. And now 
they want to centralize TV rights. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty hypocritical. But I I could go on on this forever. But again, just uh, stop calling this league a top six league. That's all I gotta say. This is not a top six league. I saw a tweet this week, guys. And this is the most ridiculous thing I've seen on Twitter in some time. Someone said that Casapio would win the the MLS here in the United States. Who on Casapia? First of all, Casapia doesn't even have a team deep enough to 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 put up with the the travel of of a major league soccer schedule. They, there's plenty of things beyond the fact that them and their their 500 fans that go to Jamur, they don't even have a stadium for the Liga Portugal. How would they ever play in major league soccer? And they they'd be fifth or sixth at best. Okay. The, the budgets of the teams in Major League Soccer dwarf, dwarf Casapia. People, what are you, where are you getting, I know we're all Portuguese and we, we like our league, and I like the league, but let's be real here. Okay, let's be real here. The idea that Casapia could win any league anywhere, any top flight, is pretty far-fetched. Unless you're talking about some real low-level leagues where you know you don't have players like Tiago Almada or Carlos Vela, players like, I'm not even going to go down the list, okay? Uh, I saw that, and that just showed that people are not paying attention, that people have a lot of bias built in. And a lot of times the Portuguese teams are the victim of bias from, from the other countries. But people in Portugal are very insular too. There are people. There are elements of the Portuguese media and elements, and it, and it gets into the fan base through. You know, it's told through your TV screens, through your your radio signals, and become very insular <laughs> and delusional about what we have for a league. We have a joke of a league. I mean, it doesn't take any effort to compare to the real top five leagues in Europe. Okay. And Portugal, it is it is night and day. You take the top five out of Portugal, and what do you have? You take the top five out of the Premier League, you got a solid league. You take the top five out of the English Championship, and you have a solid league. You take the top five out of La Liga, you still have good teams. You can't even compare. You cannot compare Casapia to, to Villarreal or something like that, or compare them to... Even a team lower in the table. You can't even compare Casapia to a Getafe. You can't compare them to a Girona. Come on. Wake up, people. This is not a top six league. This is not a top five league. It is rightfully being passed by the Dutch league. Okay? Because Benfica, Porto, and Sporting in particular, and in some seasons Braga, are punching way above their weight in Europe. And that's pulling the league up when the Dutch league is, is better top to bottom. You know, from third place down. The Italian league has like eight teams left. Three in the Champions League, three in the in the Europa League, and I think one in the, so seven, and one in the Conference League. The French league has teams left. Yeah, PSG is out. But you're going to compare Casapia to Nantes, or compare him to Nice, or compare him to, you know, Lyon, you compare him to, to Marseille? Come on, get real. Get real for a minute. Never mind the German league. 
Everyone said, you know, the German league, the top five teams are separated by a handful of points. Freiburg. What would Freiburg do to Kazapia? Think about that for a minute. Okay, let, let, let's be real about the level that this league is at. Okay, and if not for the teams in the top four, um, and I, I loosely include Vitoria because they have also failed miserably in Europe as of late. And as of late, I mean the last time they were in it. Portugal has yet to win a single game in the Europa Conference League. And we think that we have a top five because Benfica's in the quarterfinals and because Sporting's in the quarterfinals and because Porto nearly got to the quarterfinals. Two seasons, still not a single win in the Conference League. Who's gotten to the to the group stage of the Europa League outside of the top five? Vitoria got there. Yes, they did. Vitoria Guimarães got there. Braga gets there regularly. Who else? Everybody else gets knocked out in those preliminary rounds because they can't even keep a team together from one season to the next. The coach jumps ship. The second they qualify for Europe, everybody jumps ship. So do not put this league higher than it should be. And no, I'm not rooting for our rivals because I want our coefficient. I couldn't care less about our coefficient. I've said that before. If Benfica do their job and they win the league, they'll be in the Champions League. And that's what they need to do. They don't need to go into matches thinking that they're playing for the entire league. That's ridiculous. Especially when the entire league treats Benfica fans the way they do. Why on earth should Benfica fans be supporting the league? We have empty stadiums week after week. And we want to sell this as a television product? What, to show all the empty stadiums? Who Who's going to buy that? Who's going to buy that when you have better leagues, quite frankly, to choose from better visual, better visual, uh, you know, products to look at? People got to wake up if they think that this is a top league, honestly. All right, that's my that's my rant for the day. We're going to start with the women this week, okay? Um, I'm going to take a quick break, all right? We're going to play Reconquista because it's time to get fired up, get ready to get back into action. And on the other side, I'm going to go into the women's team first, all right? Record-setting day at the Stade de Luge, unfortunately. Our girls ended up on the wrong side of the result. And the perfect season is gone, but there's still much to play for. I'll be right back. I'm the Mr. Michael Christine here on Mr. Benfica. And I'll be right back. All right, right after Reconquista. Jornada sofrida, a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que eu não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica 
Carregas sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a Tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega Benfica, carrega Benfica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica And welcome back to Mr. Benfica. For those of you counting, this is episode 157. And we're starting with the women this week. We're starting in the Liga BPI. We've got two games to talk about because it's been a little while. I needed this international break for myself as well. Uh, just my, my recording schedule got all flipped upside down this week. Uh, I was going to record a bunch of content last weekend. And then my wife came down with the flu. And uh, that meant that my son and I were out of the house uh, having fun all weekend, just trying to let her rest. Uh, so I didn't get any recording done last weekend like I wanted. So here I am on a Thursday night recording. Uh, we're talking about Benfica's women's team to start. Okay, so we're going to go back to the 19th of March, where Benfica were 5-0 winners at home against the Mayans. All right, the goals in this one. The 15th minute was first one was scored in the 15th minute, I should say, by Katarina Amadu. 23rd minute, Chloe Lacasse doubled the lead for the Lady Aguias. And then Ana Saisa made it 3 0 just before halftime at the 42nd minute. In the second half, uh, Benfica would put this one out of reach for basically the, the surprising upstart team this year. Um, the revelação, if you will, the revelation team of the Liga BPI this year, the Mayans, and it would be Kika Nazaré, 53rd minute, making it 4-0, and then Katarina Amado, the wingback, would pick up her second of the match in the 73rd. Benfica win this one 5-0, and that takes us to this past Saturday, takes us to the Stadio de Luz, and first of all, I have to say, um, all the respect... And um, all of the credit goes to the club for putting this match at the Luge. Benfica coming into this match with a 12-point lead over Sporting and Braga. I think Sporting was actually third. And Benfica comes in with a large lead. And um, again, this was a trend all around Europe this weekend, by the way. This wasn't just at Benfica. Um, I just finished watching... The four quarterfinal matches in the Women's Champions League. And everybody played in their big stadium. Or as in Chloe, as Chloe said in the pregame press conference, she said, uh, it's not the men's stadium, it's Benfica's stadium. And I love that from Chloe Lacasse. Um, and this this was around Europe. I mean, we saw the, the No Camp, uh, the Camp No uh, holding 39,000 people. We saw, sorry, no, the Camp No had... I'll get that crowd number for you in a second. But their first leg uh, last week, midweek, in Roma, the Olympic Stadium, 39,000 at the Olympic Stadium. Yesterday, 27,000 at at the Emirates for Arsenal. I'm still waiting for an official number tonight at Stamford Bridge for 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 Chelsea's Women's Champions League match against Lyon. Um, just huge crowds 
all over Europe. This past weekend in England, we had a record crowd at at uh, at Everton for the Merseyside Derby. Everton ladies versus Liverpool ladies, twenty two thousand. And um, I know Arsenal's match yesterday was at that point the largest crowd at a women's club match in England ever. Next week, next week, an international window. Okay, um, coming up. Very fairly soon, I think it's mid next week, next Thursday or something like that. You have the finalissima, the women's finalissima, which will be the European champion England taking on the Copa America champion Brazil at Wembley. Another huge crowd. I don't doubt for a second that there will be a huge crowd at that one. So, um, big crowds all over Europe. Here in North America, same thing. The women's game got very big crowds this past weekend. Um, in 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 hot markets, of course. Uh, just this game is blowing up. The women's game is getting the recognition it deserves, and it, and I'm proud to see Benfica as a leader in this. Okay, they can't do it alone. I just talked about the coefficient and how you can't expect uh, the big teams to just do it alone. Clubs need to rise up. They need to know what they're doing. They need to have well thought out long term plans. The big problem in Portugal, men and women. Okay. In running football clubs, is there is literally no long-term plan. The long-term plan is to not get relegated and to build a new team next season. This is literally how every team is run. Benfica has done much better than that, obviously. And the reason Benfica right now are top of the Portuguese league and they're you know, light years ahead of the other teams in terms of week-to-week consistency. And it shows in the table, yes, we lost this match to Sporting. This was their moment of the season. Uh, we did get a, a Portuguese record crowd, 27,000-plus at the Stadio de Luz for this match. And some way, somehow, um, just didn't go our way. Okay, the, And I'm seeing people, and this is something that really, really... Gets me the wrong way about football fans, but particularly Portuguese football fans, and even some Benficistas are, are going to this because the game didn't go well. Because Benfica lost, it's to the it's to the internet with insults and no jogo nada. I I saw that I don't know how many times from people. Clearly, you only tune in. Once or twice a year, and then you you have no idea, no concept of what it is to play good football for some people. And I, I don't mean to insult people, but if you've been watching this Benfica team from day one, this Benfica women's team, I'm being very specific. If you've watched them from day one, you know that they are a good football team. No, they're not Barcelona. No, they're not Arsenal. They're not Chelsea. They're not Wolfsburg. They're not... Uh, they're they're not Bayern Munich. They're not uh, Lyon or PSG teams that are still, you know, playing in uh, in the Champions League. But they're right there. They're the very next level, and they're climbing. This Portuguese team is climbing. I mean, this Benfica team is climbing. And I know people are going to tune into the Women's World Cup this season, this summer, and they're going to see the United States play Portugal. And they're going to say that, that Portugal sucks or that they don't play. No jogo nada. I hate that expression, okay? Because that's, first of all, based solely on opinion and on aesthetics, okay? What someone believes good football looks like versus, you know, what is effective football. And each team needs to approach the match and needs to approach things 
in the best way for them. And each each manager's job is to figure that out. So to say that you know they they don't play anything or they they they're not playing well is very uh, shows a very basic level of understanding of the game. And I think most fans know better than that. The official attendance, I was said I'd get it for you yesterday at Camp No Barcelona versus Roma was 54,667. Befica can do that. We can build there. Now, I don't expect this, but I've said before, I expect 30,000. There's no reason why we can't get 30,000. And we came close. So I tip my hat to everybody that went to the match. It sounds like. The stadium was more prepared for this type of a crowd um, because more people got in, first of all. And um, listen, the game didn't go our way. And I have to say, I was not able to watch this match. (laughs) Okay, so here's what happened to me on Sunday. Okay, as I'm getting ready to watch this, I log into my Fubo TV app. I bring up BTV. I see the pregame, right? And I see them outside the stadium or I see the the above shot, the shot from from the top rows of the wherever the the camera was mounted, you know, and then you see people coming in and then I see an error flash on my screen. And it doesn't go away. In fact, it didn't go away all day Sunday and most of Monday. It said it's it said signal loss due to connection error or due to errors with the video host. Now, at halftime when it's nil nil, I'm on the phone with Fubo TV, and I'm, I'm I got a chat open and I'm on the phone with them, and I'm being assured that it is not a Fubo TV issue, it is a BTV issue. So whatever that issue was, I was not able to watch this match. I've watched the highlights now. From what I can gather, it looked like Benfica had. Enormous amount of chances. Um, I pulled the, the match up here on SofaScore because I have SofaScore up right now. And let's see if they have any statistics. They probably don't because in the they never have any statistics for the for the uh, Liga BPI, unfortunately. Uh, it shows a 0-0 halftime score. And then Mariara and Newhouse scoring for Sporting in the 64th minute. Saw the goal, well-placed shot, nothing you can do about that. Um, it's, you know, many missed opportunities. Some of them you can't even believe, but it didn't look like, this isn't like all of a sudden Benfica showed up and were run over by a, an underdog sporting team. Credit to the winners. Listen, we can't be we can't be these type of people that when we lose, it's this and that, and it's... Um, I've seen complaints about the referee. I can't speak to it because, like I said, uh, I recorded I recorded 24 straight hours of BTV, hoping that somewhere in that window of time would be the match re-aired. I have no copy of the match anywhere in those 24 hours. I've scrolled through them all. Um, all I have is a B24 uh, report in the 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 highlights on YouTube. But I can speak a little bit to the bigger picture, and that is that, you know, Benfica still sit a very comfortable nine points ahead of Sporting in the league after 17 rounds. We got five rounds to go. Still only two wins away from the title, but the league takes a hiatus now, um, as we talked about before. 
and we talked about uh, international windows. We got another. We got an international window coming up for the women. Like I said, there's going to be a finalissima next week between Brazil and England, the champions of the two continents. That's going to be at Wembley. Uh, Portugal will be playing somebody <laughs> next week. Um, I didn't. I honestly did not even realize there was still another window left uh, for the women as well. But here we are. And as I look at next week's schedule, okay. Um, trying to pull it up here, but uh, what we have before that international break, what I'm trying to get to here is we have the Portuguese League Cup final this weekend. Okay, this Saturday, three o'clock Portuguese Standard Time, so it's 10 a.m. here in the United States on the East Coast, 7 a.m. on the West Coast. It's on Canal Ones. I don't know if it's going to be on on BTV as well. I've been waiting for it, but. But uh, it is not listed yet on BTV's listings. So I'm waiting to see if it will also be there. But it's definitely on Canal um, 10 a.m. Like I said, I'll be tuning in. Befica versus Braga in Aveiro at the Municipal Stadium in Aveiro. And it will... Uh, listen, if we get 20,000 Benficistas, which we have, to go to this game on Sunday... On Saturday, excuse me, Saturday. The men play Sunday, so that's not an excuse to not go watch the women there. I've seen all over Twitter for the last two weeks people complaining they can't get a ticket to see Benfica play. Well, you can get a ticket to go see the Benfica women play. It costs less, and you can go see it. And a lot of you live in the north, so there, it's even closer to home. Benfica Nation needs to get into that Aveiro Stadium and get behind the girls. They need to be picked up right now. Okay, It's an important cup final. We have underperformed in the domestic cups the last two seasons. And this is a must win for Benfica going forward. And, you know, Chloe said it in the post-match press conference. She said, you know, yeah, we lost, but we're still going to win the league and we got two cup finals ahead of us. And actually, I don't see that Portugal have any matches next week for the women. Maybe Portugal is not playing in this international window. I don't know. But the next league match is not until uh, April the 16th is the next league match. And it's going to be Benfica at Braga. So we got Braga two times in a row here. Um, We got them Saturday. And then we got them on the 16th of April two weeks after. And perhaps in between might be a cup, uh, Portuguese Cup game. I'm not sure. Um, I have the schedule in front of me, but I don't know how accurate it is. Benfica still has to play the second leg of the Portuguese Cup semifinals with uh, Famalicão. And that's on April the 30th. So um, that's not going to be in, this, in that window. So somewhere in there, there must be uh, a break. But anyway... It's very important that the girls bounce back here, okay? And I have mixed feelings about a couple things. I see the criticism thrown at Philippa Patel. And again, like I said, not having been able to see the match from start to finish and to really get a grasp of how it was coached, how it was managed. I'm not going to make a criticism on, on a manager that has, by and large, done a fantastic job, Okay. I have criticized things in the past, but there's a lot of things that I think have been done well. And there's no question that the day she took over this club, it took on a new level. Okay, it went to another level. And they have, you know, won, they've won two 
two titles since and going on our third now with her at the helm. Remember, she joined midseason, and we went from second to first. She caught Sporting and won that first title at Alvalade, won it last year at the Luge, and will undoubtedly win it in a couple weeks here with Benfica, whether it's, whether it's on uh, May the 7th, which is, let's see, actually, we have, like I said, the, we have the match on the 16th of April at Braga, the one after that might not be till May the 7th. Um, but regardless, wherever we play that, we need two more wins. So even if we don't, and I don't want to start talking about the ifs, and it's the same thing. I'm going to say the same thing about the men when I get to that. This this idea that we can lose matches and then just win the, is, is not the attitude of a champion, and I don't expect it from either of these squads. So... Yeah, so April the 16th, we're away to Braga. We can win the title at home April the 23rd against Athletic Oriens. Okay, all it takes is is, two, is a win at Braga. But, but most important right now is this cup final, this Portuguese League Cup final on Saturday against Braga to get the momentum going and to get the girls believing again. Listen, we were on a tear. Okay, we're on an absolute tear playing some of our best football. We ran into a day where things seemingly just didn't go well. And um, it, we lost Pauleta, which I think I failed to mention in the last episode that I talked about the women because I wasn't even aware. I recorded the episode knowing only the result because it had been played off of television. You know, I didn't have access to that one. And I found out after. And some of this can be attributed to the loss of Pauleta. She is the heart and soul of this team. She is the motor in midfield that makes all the other components work in synchronization. And Befica are going to struggle a little more against better teams here uh, to see out the rest of this of this season. But there is absolutely no reason why Benfica doesn't wrap this league up, win this Portuguese League Cup, and then win the Portuguese Cup. We got a tougher ask because now we got to go to the second leg of the semifinals in the Portuguese Cup, the Taça de Portugal. Um, at Fumalico on April the 30th. Uh, preferably, we want to go into that match as champions already. We're going to go play on artificial surface, which has been an issue at times. We've seen some nasty injuries. It's the same exact uh, same surface that cost Nicole Raisla her ACL last season. So um, it's not going to be easy, but hopefully, uh, you know, Benfica can get through this cup final. This is the most important match of the season now. They got to win this. They got to hoist a trophy. They got to put another one in the, in the museum, and then focus on the next two league matches. Make sure that they bring home two Ws, clinch the title, lift the trophy, and then focus on on finishing out the season strong, winning the Portuguese Cup, and using the rest of the league season to to give some of the younger, less used players an opportunity to show themselves. Okay, and getting our World Cup players uh, healthy. And um, rest it up because they're going to have a long summer because the World Cup doesn't kick off until July. So these players are going to break in, uh, let's see here. The last match of the season right now is scheduled for the 21st of May. Pretty late. Um, Not sure where the Portuguese Cup is going to be in that picture. Uh, It could be on the 28th of May. I'm not sure exactly. It's not listed yet. I don't believe I'm going to do a quick check. But um, even if it is on the 28th of of May, 
they're going to be back in camp with the national team in two weeks after that, probably. Probably two weeks after that. Because the World Cup starts, I think, July. I think Portugal's first match is like July 15th uh, when they take on the Netherlands. Actually, I had that up. But there's going to be a very small break for these players that are going to go to the World Cup. July 23rd, excuse me, is Portugal is Portugal's opening game at the World Cup. If Chloe is in the in the Canada squad, she'll I think her match would be before that. And um of course the Brazilian girls as well would be at, you know, you, we expect to at least one of them be at the World Cup. Uh, Canada plays early in the in the World Cup. They play right on the first day, Thursday, July twentieth. So, um, it's you know wherever that that final falls, it's going to be a short short break uh, before these girls get into camp with the national teams and get ready to go all the way to Australia and New Zealand and play a World Cup. By the time they're done. Uh, Champions League qualifying for next year is going to be very, very soon. Let me see. Here, I'm going to pull it up because I think it's already out when next year's uh, qualifying would begin. And uh, the 23-24 Champions League starts. Because Benfica have to go in in the first round. This is the thing that's uh, unfortunate. Excuse me. Let's see here if it says it's it hasn't been set yet. It looks like they don't have the dates set. It'll probably start a little later because of the World Cup, you hope. Um, but of course, Benfica will have to enter very very early. They enter and you know, and they'll have to play a couple of those mini final fours again, and maybe a two legged tie like they have the past two seasons to get into the the into the group stage. And that's that is the entire thing for for Benfica. So. Um, the sooner they, the moral of the story is the sooner we can wrap up the title, the sooner we can move on to what's next and, um, be prepared. So Saturday, okay. It's 10 AM Eastern time in the United States, 3 PM Portuguese time. Canalons catch Benfica Braga in the, this cup final. Let's support the ladies. And I will, I plan to watch this and I hope to get a, a recorded copy as well. So I can really analyze it and give you my thoughts on this in in an episode later next week, either um, in the next episode or the one after that. All right, so that wraps up the the women's team for now. Let's get into the men now, as um, there's not a lot to talk about because there's been a, a a break, as you know. Mifiko, we've already talked about the draw in the Champions League. They're going to play against Inter in the next round, and I think I began to say, you know, people are unable to get tickets. Everyone wants tickets to the Inter match. Everyone wants tickets, okay? And I've seen some of you have shown just how expensive the lodging is in Milan that weekend because it, it coincides with some kind of fashion week or something like that. And, and your hotel room's going for upwards of a thousand euros a night. And, and that lo- sounds insane. It sounds insane. I know I just booked uh, eight straight nights in different hotels for my son and I when we take our our summer road trip to, to we're going to catch three different. MLS matches this year. We're gonna we're gonna catch Charlotte, his favorite team. Then we're gonna drive from Charlotte, North Carolina, over to Nashville. That's a seven-hour drive. We're gonna catch Nashville SC on a Wednesday night, and then drive up to Cincinnati on the following weekend. We're gonna be staying in in Virginia, in in Charlotte, in Nashville, 
in Louisville, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and then back to uh, back here to Massachusetts. So um, I don't think I'm that barely. It's about a thousand dollars I'm spending for all of that. Uh, so the fact that uh, some Benfica fans are looking at hotel prices like that, I do know that some people have said there are there are other options, and then I've seen people tweet pictures of tents. Which kind of works because the San Siro is uh, there is room to patch a tent near the San Siro. But anyway, um, we talked about a lot of that in the last episode, and you know, Befica's last match, which is what I'm going to spend the rest of this episode uh, talking about, was against Vitoria Guimarães. It was a very good match up. Uh, I should say a very good performance from Befica. Yes, there was a little bit of help. I mean, you got a. A penalty kick that I know our rivals think was was invented, um, even though you can clearly see Andre Andre grabbing uh, Rafa around the the shoulder, not letting him go. Uh, you know you have that own goal that uh, quite honestly was going to be a tap in if the guy doesn't do that. Uh, a little bit unlucky because it is cleared off the line into another defender and into the goal and. You know, I have a soft spot for for Vitoria's goalkeeper Selton Bi here, uh, former Benfica youth player. Saw him shine in a in a UEFA youth league at one point. Seen him shine on the B team. Uh, happy for him that he's getting minutes in a, in a first team somewhere. And he was actually the third. He was the third goalie for. He was the third keeper for the Portuguese national team in this past window. So um, happy to see him succeeding. We did light him up a little bit. Um, so here is there. Here is the lineups. It's been a while now. It's been two weeks. But here were the lineups in this match. All right. Um, Moreno is the real coach, but on paper it's João Rosu, the coach for Vitória Guimarães, and he comes out with a 4-3-3. Selton Bi, as we said, is the goalkeeper. The right back is Maga. The left back is Afonso Freitas, and the center back pairing of of the Portuguese Andre Amaru and the Venezuelan Miquel Villanueva. Villanueva. Uh, in the middle of the park, he's a good. Def- he, I remember him at at Santa Clara, and I remember uh, thinking highly of him as a center back. And um, I think he's a good signing for this Victoria team going forward. Who, by all intents, you know, by all indications, will be playing in the preliminary rounds of the Europa Conference League next year. I hope they keep this team together so that they can actually uh, maybe get into the group stage. Um, Vitória is a team I, I will root for when they play outside of Portugal. Um, I, if we don't win the league one year, if I had to pick who I'd want to win it instead of us, I would pick Vitória. That that's just uh, it's just a team that um, I've uh, I guess uh, I appreciate the, their fact that they have an actual fan base that they their fans are Vitoria fans and Vitoria fans only and I think that that deserves uh, our respect not everything that is perfect about that club nothing not everything's perfect about their fan culture but nothing's perfect about any supporter culture in any club um, so hopefully this team c- can get it together and have a good preseason and give themselves and hopefully the draw will be kind kinder to them next season but uh in their midfield 
the the three in midfield anchored by Thiago Silva in the middle of the park. He has Andrea Andrea, the captain, to his right, and he has Daniel Silva to his left. Up front, the striker is the Brazilian Andre with uh, to his right Jota Silva and to his left Nelson Deluge, the Angola international. Um, Benfica would come out in their normal 4-2-3-1. Okay, Roger Schmidt sends out Odie in goal. As always, Baz the right back. Otamendi and Tony Silva, the center backs with Grimaldo on the left. Double pivot of Florentino Luiz, another stellar performance. Shikinu uh, next to him, again, just getting it done. And then in front of them, a three-man attacking midfield core with João Mario. Rafa Silva and David Nedge absolutely just uh, lights out there. Scary behind the informed striker Gonçalo Ramos. And it's much more of the same from Benfica in this match. It gets started early. It is Gonçalo Ramos in the 13th minute on a nice play. It was a, it was a ball whipped in by, I want to say it was by Grimaldo that whipped this ball in, or maybe it was maybe it was Nedish that whipped it in, and Rafa with a nice flick to to put it into the middle of the of the penalty area where Gonzalo Ramos was arriving, and he heads it past Selton B.I. to make it 1-0. And then in the 28th, it is João Mario stepping up. We talked about the penalty kick. Rafa gets in behind. It's a uh, it's another. It's a play where where Gonzalo Ramos deserves a lot of credit for because the ball is smashed out of the back. I think it, it was either Odie or it was Otamendi or Antonio Silva. One of them smashed it to midfield, and Rafa starts running. Gonzalo Ramos sees that he gets under it. He flicks it into space, and there is nobody catching Rafa, and that's why Andrea Andrea brings him down. He tries to get him before he gets in the area. You can tell it, but Rafa's just got too much pace, and by the time the contact is made, and uh, he is pulled down. There's no question about it. You can call it soft if you want. It doesn't matter. He's pulled down. At the end of the day, it is it is a penalty. There is nothing to review. There is nothing to look at. Uh, you can cry all you want, blue press and green press okay uh if, if the i mean we it's something we okay let me clarify it's something that in most leagues if it's not called a penalty that's normal in, in most leagues you don't even expect that to be called in this league that is consistently been a penalty all season all last season this is a consistent call and Dromadiu steps up and he buries it and beats Selton B.I. It's 2-0. And then we get the goal of the week. And this was an absolute beauty in the 35th minute. Great ball circulation. Um, ends up finding its way to Dromadiu. And I'm going to pull up the notes here on this goal. And uh, it was, like I said, in the 35th minute. And it was just, it was a beautiful left-footed shot from from João Mario, assisted by Gonzalo Ramos, and there he is again. See, he gets on the score sheet. He has a, a key movement and a key flick that, that ends in a penalty, and here he just he finds the space. The ball circulates beautifully, and he puts it in for João Mario to just gently lift it with his left foot to the far post. 3-0. That's how this one goes to halftime, and Benfica, are looking good, and this was nice because this was, like I like to say, and leave you a, a relief right from uh, this, right from there. The second half was watched with total calmness. Um, we'd see some substitutions coming in around the 67th minute. 
Uh, no, sorry, we don't see it in the in the 67th minute. We get an attempt from Gonzalo Ramos. Let me see here. The there's an own goal in the 69th. That's the one uh, that was. It was Daniel Danny Silva putting it in his own goal again. Uh, the central defender, I think it was Mikel, slid to keep the ball from crossing the goal. It starts with a great pass from from Chiquinho, if I'm not mistaken. Diagonal ball into João Mario. João Mario has a chance to score, He, but he looks up. He sees Neres arriving. He's going to give it to Neres because Neres hasn't scored yet. Most players on a hat trick, you know, one goal away, are looking to score that goal. He's not looking for that. He's looking for who has the best opportunity t- to finish. He slides it to ne- to Neres, but the tracking defender, Danny Silva, manages to, to deflect it towards his own goal, and he continues to run, and then it is it is saved off the line, like I said, by Mikel, by Mikel Villanueva, and he inadvertently kicks it off Danny Silva and into the goal. Unlucky, but again... This this would have been a beautiful goal if they weren't trying to save it. I mean, it would have been a, I think it would have been an easy finish for, for David Nedge. So it's four nil, and we get a substitution here. Uh, we get a triple substitution in the seventy fifth minute. On comes Peter Musa, Peter Musa, excuse me, for Gonzalo Ramos. On comes Johnny Snows. João Neves replaces Florentino Luis. Florentino interestingly does not burn that yellow card. Um, I don't think Roger Schmidt really thinks like that anyway. I think Florentino's going to play against uh, Hiwav on Saturday, on Sunday. And um, I think he's going to play conscious, knowing he can't get a yellow card. Although, I don't trust the referees in Portugal. Because I think the, sm- the slightest foul is going to end up with him being booked and missing the Porto match. Maybe Oscar, I mean, maybe, sorry, maybe Roger Schmidt doesn't play him. But, uh... I'm willing to bet he will, and he'll just tell him to be careful. And you know what? This is the difference. with In Roger Schmidt's Benfica, if someone can't play, next guy up. We've seen it all season, and it has, it has proven to work. Okay? We had injuries to, to João Vitor and to Lucas Verissimo. And next one up. Here, here you go, Antonio Silva. And he takes over, right? We get... We get an, an injury to Rafa in sl- slid uh, Gonzalo, Ram- Gonzalo Guedes. We get an injury to Gonzalo Guedes. Back goes Rafa. Enzo leaves. In goes Chiquinho. Everyone thought he was nuts. And guess what? The manager knows his team, knows his players better than we do. And again, oh, the injury was also to Moratu in the beginning. It wasn't just João Vitor and uh, Lucas Verissimo. It was Moratu as well. In slid uh, Antonio Silva never to vanquish that spot again. Um, yeah, we got to go into the Champions League next week with uh, Moratu playing, you know, trying to to contain a very inform, uh, recently surprisingly inform, um, a very inform Romelu Lukaku and. Um, well, well, again, next guy in. It's not. I guess it's not as. It's not as uh, big of an issue to Roger Smith as it Roger Schmidt as it is to us. Um, and I like that about him. I like that about him. He trusts his players. He gives them responsibility. He just gave them a week off. Uh, they'll be well rested. They may be rusty this Sunday, um, but it may prove that they're <laughs> much more rested and ready for this final push. 
And I think that is the ultimate goal. And um, hopefully, you know, we're in a position right now, like I said, with the women's team, where you don't want to think that, oh, I c you can lose a match or two and still you're in all likelihood going to win the title. You don't want to think like that. Champions don't think like that. I don't believe Roger Schmidt think thinks like that. But there is a bit of a release of the pressure having the lead we have now. Uh, so, again, back to the, the, the triple substitution. As I said, João Neves replacing Florentino. I think we're still going to see Florentino on Sunday. That's my hunch right now. That's what would be consistent with what Roger has done all season. And Moratu replaces Nicolas Otamendi for the last 15 minutes to get some acclimation to playing side-by-side -side with Antonio Silva. Triple substitution or double substitution also for Vitória Guimarães. Thomas Handel replaces Thiago Silva. Nicolas Ianvier replaces Nelson Deluge. And uh, within moments, 79th minute, it is Andrea, the striker, who scores uh, for Vitória Guimarães. A left-footed shot in the center of the box. Bottom left corner, assisted by Alisson Safira. And... It's four one, and I I just I don't like when we can see the goals the the clean sheet. I want a clean sheet in every victory. Not gonna lie. So this this uh kind of annoyed me a little, but I'm not worried about this team. Gilberto replaces Ba in the 84th, and then we get the final goal in the 89th. Antonio Silva with a goal for himself. This is like his second one this season, maybe his third, and he it was assisted by Petar Musa following a corner. A nice play where it's headed down and then finds Antonio Silva, who finds the back of the net. Benfica win this one, 5-1. Uh, and uh, a moment to maybe uh, a moment that's a hint for the rest of us and maybe an ode uh, to some news where uh, that's going to be coming. Maybe surprising, maybe not, because he'd been included in the Champions League squad for the second leg against... Uh, against against Club Bruges and it is beat a B team player another B team player getting his uh his debut that is the 18 year old Italian Cher Nador he comes on in the 90th minute and replaces Rafa Silva gets a couple of minutes at the luge a nice uh a nice gesture from the manager to uh to do this for him this puts his name on the team sheet and should we win the title this puts this gives him a medal of champion um he said it was the moment of his career so far, a dream come true. And we had heard he was going to leave. He was being linked with Juventus. And this tells me that he's very, very close to signing a new contract. It sounds like he's going to renew. For me, he is the guy for that position going forward, no question about it. I think he grows into the the eventual midfield partner of Florentino Luis in the double pivot. Um I've always liked this kid. This kid, he's been my maybe my favorite player on the B team. Uh, really impressed with him in the UEFA Youth League last year, uh, and in the the Intercontinental Cup, whatever it was called, the Under Twenty Intercontinental Cup. That Benfica went all the way to Uruguay to win, and what a year it's been for Sharnador, right? He he wins that. He wins the Youth League. He wins the the Under Twenty Cup. Uh, Intercontinental Cup, and now he gets his first team debut here against against uh, Vitoria Guimarães. He only gets a few minutes, but the next day he takes the pitch for the B team and has a a 
lights out match. Plays phenomenal for the B team. Has a goal um, in a 90 minute performance for the B team as they picked up three crucial victories, uh, three cr- crucial points, I should say, last weekend. And I'll probably finish with just recapping that real quickly. But a big moment for Sharon Adore. I hope to hear an announcement very soon that he's signed and continuing with us. It makes obviously makes no sense if he's going to leave the club on a free uh, bef- to, to give him a senior debut. So I really think that uh, there is, there is, uh, there are very advanced, very late stage talks going on. If they haven't already got a deal in principle, all right. So that that sums that up. Let's look quickly at the stats for this one. All right, Benfica fifty nine percent possession and xG of three point four five goals. Vitoria had forty one percent possession and an xG of oh three seven. Benfica. With 12 total shots on goal, Vitoria with 6, Benfica with 12 chances created, Vitoria with 4. Uh, accurate passes, 531 accurate passes for Benfica, 89% uh, pass succession rate. And um, again, lights out. Let's uh, bring up the table then, okay, as uh, that pretty much sums up the match. And uh, Benfica take a large lead because we already knew... Uh, it, this was a Saturday match, so the next day we found out, and again, I like to talk about the attendance, 59,374 in attendance at this match at the Luge. Okay, I'm going to be watching the attendance this week after an international break, and let's see what these teams can draw. All right, Porto uh, would draw level nil-nil with Praga on Sunday, so with that, Benfica take a 10-point lead. Benfica do well to win this match because they put all kinds of pressure on Porto. To get to beat Braga, a draw wasn't going to help them if they want to win the title. And um, I'm feeling very good right now with the 10-point lead. Nine matches to go. Yes, and you don't have to say it's nine finals. There are two finals before us. There is a. But again, why I think that, and I'm I'm going all over the place here, but why I think Florentino is going to play on Sunday is because this match is more important than the Porto match. Quite frankly, we win this match. And the Porto match is that much less significant because every week that we take a 10-point lead into, and uh, I assume Porto's going to have no problem with Portimonense with their B team this weekend. Um, however, perhaps Sergio Conceição is going to keep out players who he's afraid of getting booked and missing the Benfica match, and maybe they'll slip up. I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we go into Vila do Conde and that we beat Rioav. And this is the match of the season. I don't like the expression that we have nine finals. We have one final. We win this. We have a 10-point lead. Then we worry about Porto. And if we win that, it's over. Good night. Goodbye. If we win that, Porto have a, are going to have a battle on their hands to finish second. And we'll have Braga coming to the to the luge later in the season. So um, right now, Benfica, 68 points. Very good. 66 goals for 14 against. We've got over 100 goals in all competitions. I think we've got 108 goals right now in all competitions. 52 uh, goal difference. Uh, we are looking very good right now. 10 points ahead, like I said, of Porto, who have 58. Braga, third with 56. Sporting our fourth with 50. And in fifth, it is Vitoria Guimarães with 40 right now, holding a two-point edge over Oroca. And if you care about the Portuguese coefficient, you better hope it's Vitoria Guimarães and not Oroca that get that place. Um, Oroca 
don't even have a stadium that is up to par for the Europa Conference. They will, they'll have to probably play home matches in Avedo or something like that uh, if if they get to that stage. They're in sixth with 38. No disrespect meant, but it, it is what it is. Also on 68 um, with a slightly inferior goal difference, Kazapia in seventh. Eighth place belongs to our opponents this week, Chihuahua. Ninth is Famalico. Both of those teams have 33 points. Then with 32 points, you have Vizela and Shavs, 10th and 11th uh, respectively. 12th place is Boavista with 30 points. 13th is Gil Vicente with 29. Portimones, 14th with 26, but still a, uh, a cool 10 points uh, out of the relegation playoff spot. And then it starts to get tight. Uh, in 15th place, it's Istriel. Right now, they, they're okay, but they're not going in the right direction. Um, Ricardo Suarez is their new manager. He's a good manager, but can he save them? I don't know. Um, if one of these teams beneath them catch fire here down the stretch in these last nine matches, it could be very, very uh, anxiety-inducing for uh, for Istoril here. They have 22 points. They're six ahead of Maritimu, who are in 16th right now. And they are level on points with 17th place, Passos de Ferreira. However, Passos showing a much better uh, form as of late and trending in a better direction. And I think they have a better team. I think they're more cohesive. I think they have an actual idea and an actual identity when they play. And they have a better manager, quite frankly, in Cesar Peixoto. And I think they're going to end up, at the very least, getting out of those automatic spots and into that playoff spot. Uh, They have 17. And then at the bottom is just the least informed club in the league. They have not won since November. I'm talking, of course, about the Bravos Asurianos. And it doesn't get any better for them. They're going to Alvalade this weekend. And they're facing Sporting. Um... And it doesn't seem like the people of the island have any faith they're going to stay up. It doesn't look like the players or the manager believe they're going to stay up. They're really only three points from safety, two points from safety. But there seems to be no belief in Santa Clara. And um, I think it's sad that it, it is where it is. And again, we talk about attendances. They play in front of nobody. Nobody is going to these matches. I don't get it. They represent an entire region. And nobody cares right now. Um, it seems like they have some really deep problems. Those are the, that is, I should say, the table. Let's look at the leading goal scorers right now. Top of the list is João Mario. It's our man with 17 goals, seven of them from the penalty spot. One behind him is Gonçalo Ramos, Gonçalo Pistolas, if you will. Uh, he's got 16, and then behind him, with 13, is Fran Navarro and Mehdi Taremi. Both of them have 13. Pot has 12 to round out the top five. After that, you got Simon Banza of Braga with 10, as is Yushupa Nije of Boavista. And then Ricardo Orta with 9, and Galenu with 8. Finally, uh, Sporting's Nuno Santos with 7 round out the top 10. Okay, so let's look at next week's matches, or this week, I should say. I'm recording this on a Thursday. The round starts on Saturday, the first match early on. 3.30 Portuguese kickoff time. Up north, it's Vizela hosting Casapia. Then at 1 o'clock Eastern time, which is 6 p.m. Portuguese time, Vitória Guimarães hosting Passos de Ferreira. That's an interesting match. Both teams need points for different reasons. Um, be interesting to see if Cesar Peixoto can get a point in a very, very tough stadium. 
remains to be seen. Um, that's a good one. I, I'm, I may be tuning into that one. And then the nightcap on Saturday is Sporting taking on Santa Clara, like I said, at Alvalade Sunday, 3.30 Portuguese time. Up north, uh, it is Chaves hosting Braga. And then in the island, in Maritimo, in Madeira, excuse me, it's Maritimo hosting Boa Vista at the same time. Uh, then it's our match. It's Benfica at Riuav at 6 p.m. Portuguese time, 1 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States. Uh, Portuguese, the clocks are going forward. Oh, they went forward last weekend, actually. Never mind. They went forward last weekend, so we're back to a five-hour difference from the East Coast to Portugal. And the nightcap at 8.30 Portuguese time, Porto hosting Portimones. And then we have a Monday matchup as well, Famalicão hosting Roca. Let's talk very briefly before I go about Benfica B. All right, they uh, had, you know, a little bit of trouble for them last uh they, they were in a little bit of trouble looking for uh, safety. They're, they're struggling a little bit. But uh, they got a little bit of help last week, or I should say they turned it around a little bit last week as they took on Oliveirense at the Seychelles. And a game that, like I said, was uh, marked by a fantastic performance by Cher Nador. Just a mere, what, 15 hours after he debuted for the first team. Plays the whole 90 here and has a fantastic performance. Benfica B also get a 55th minute goal from Zan Gisniak from the penalty spot. Uh, this one finishes 2-0 to Benfica B over Oliveira's. I watched this one. This was, uh, again, relief is the word that comes to mind for Benfica B. Um, they had not won in their last five and they finally get a much needed win as we look we look at their fo- I'll look at their form right now um yeah so they had not won in their last 5 like i said they had lost to Estrela da Amadora lost to Torreense tied Leixões lost to Vila Franquense lost to last place Sporting the Covilhã and now finally getting a victory beating Oliveirense so the table in Liga 2 um, just for the sake of knowing where our boys lie. Morirense is on their way up. They have a 13-point lead at the top of, of Liga 2 uh, with 59 points. Estrela da Amadora right now holding on a very tiny lead in second place, which is an automatic spot. The third-place team will play a playoff with the 16th-place team in the first division. Right now, that's Ferenc lining up against Maritimo. Ferenc at 45 points, one behind Strela. And then in fourth, three behind Ferenc is Academic Viseu with 42 points. I think the dream kind of ends for everybody else. But you never know in this league. Teams drop more points than they do in in other leagues. For example, third place, Ferenc have six losses, and they're in third place, one point out of automatic promotion. So it's never, I shouldn't say that it's over, but right now those those four have separated themselves. And then you have Vila Franquense in fifth with 38 points. Porto B, sixth with 34. Ferenc with 34. Penafiel are eighth with 32. Tondela, ninth with 32. Torreense, tenth with 31. And now Benfica B, um, thanks to the goal difference, are up to 11th place for the time being. A little bit further away, they have 30 points, 7 points clear of 16th place B. Sad. And um, safety looks a little more, uh, <laughs> a little more uh, attainable now. Not attainable, but you know what I mean. There, there's a little bit more of a cushion there. 
But again, you don't want to start thinking like that either. Olivier Rennes are 12th with 30, and Le Change also 13th with 30 as well. One behind them is Mafra, this week's opponent. They have 29, so they're going to be looking to beat Benfica B this week and leapfrog this group of teams that are all tied in with such a close point total. Uh, 15th is Nacional with 28, and then you go into the relegation spots, and you have 16th place, which is the playoff spot, which will play against... The third team, the third place finisher from the Liga 3. And if you want to know who that's going to be, you got to listen to Liga 3 English when it drops on, on Monday. Probably going to drop Monday. Uh, you got to listen to that. Right now it's B-Sad. And as we know, and as I've said, next year they'll be known as Cova the Piedad Sad. Whether they're in the Liga 2 or the Liga 3, it doesn't matter. That's what they're going to be known as. So this whole ridiculous uh, B-Sad, Sad thing is going to go away of course us neutrals are hoping for Bisad versus Bulanish in that playoff that would just be the perfect ending for this train wreck of a of a team it's not even a club <laughs> for Bisad to be eventually relegated by Bulanish who would leapfrog them 17th place is Sporting de Cuvillan 21 points and Trofens now in last place with 18 points like I said this week's match for Benfica B is going to be on Saturday it's it's real early here on the East Coast. It's a 7.45 East Coast time, uh, which makes it a 12.45 p.m. Portuguese time. And it's a short trip uh, slightly north from 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 the, the uh, Benfica campus to Mafra. Uh, Mafra hosting Benfica B. And then they got some interesting matchups. Next week they host Bissad. That'll be a crucial six-pointer. Um, hopefully to bury Bissad a little bit. And then they will, from there, have a whole another slew of matches. We're still going to see them take on Morenes, the leaders. We're going to see them still take on Penafiel. We're going to see them take on Farins, Nacional at home. There, there's, there's some interesting ties still coming. And the final match day will be at the Dragon Camp, whatever they call it up there, the Olival. It'll be at Porto B to take them on. All right, that, my friends, is going to do it for this episode of Mr. Benfica. Uh, I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. I'm going to be signing off here. Uh, any questions, concerns, any comments, feel free to hit me on Twitter at Mike Agustinho. That's at M-I-K-E-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-H-O. Drop me a DM if you want. Um, even if you, if you think this, this show sucks and that I suck, um, if you do just, uh, make sure you download it first and then give me that listen before you tell me I suck. That's fine too. All right. Um, coming up this week, like I said, we'll have a Liga Trish English soon. I'm working on a couple other things for the PTB media network. Uh, I'm going to be late getting out the, the birth of a soccer nation pod this week. And I got another, uh, another parking the bus to, to uh, go over this weekend as well. So a uh, lot to do here. And like I said, my recording schedule got all all thrown out of whack this week. But uh, I'm looking to come back strong, just like I expect Benfica to come back strong this weekend. That's going to do it. Enjoy the matches this week. And don't forget the women's team, Saturday. Okay, Saturday, 3 p.m. Portuguese time. Sunday, the men's team. All right, and that's uh, 6 p.m. Portuguese time. And take a minute or two to check out the Modelidade as well if you can. Uh, I believe the volleyball team's already in the playoffs looking to win another title. So uh, keep an eye out for them as well. Uh, the women's basketball team won a trophy uh, last week, I think, maybe two weeks ago. The men's basketball team up and down. 
big win over Porto and then losing to Oliveirens. And uh, last, as of last week, it was a three-way tie at the top of the league with Benfica, Porto, and Sporting. So that's all going to come down to playoffs. Lots still going on here this season here um, for Benfica fans here on Mr. Benfica. All right, I've said enough. I'm out of here. I will see you next time. Carrega Benfica, Força Benfica. We are Benfica. And remember, hashtag, if you love football, you love Benfica. That's it. See you next time, everybody. Peace.